Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers green bay packers fans fans of the nfl shield everyone in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 101 of the talk in the line podcast we have officially crossed over the century mark and thank you so much as always for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 12th, 2021. Now we have a lot to talk about in relation to the Green Bay Packers and beyond. I'm sure there will be plenty of banter as you know I am a Bears fan and my partner is a Packers fan. But before we get into all of that jazz, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching on youtube might as well hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any other additional ttl content dropping if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit it there too if you haven't already as we always do release the audio after every live show is over next item up here if you could be so kind you could find it in your heart to do so got a couple extra seconds hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating all that good stuff we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you and hey if you're watching live today hop in the live chat we'd love to answer all your packers questions and more last but certainly not least Head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talk in the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew social platforms, and our additional content so you can consume it all, how, however and whenever you please. little tongue-tied, but ladies and gentlemen, I still am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Soroka, and once again... Thank you so much for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast. Once again, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And uh, reluctantly, I go into today's show. As an NFL analyst, as an NFL fan, I am very excited to see what the Packers, or rather what is in store for the Packers in 2021. But as a Bears fan, I'm not looking forward to this whatsoever. I think it might be tough sledding for my Bears in the games against the Packers, and our resident cheesehead 
has already made that very apparent in some of his analysis in the episodes prior. He is very excited to be live and in prime time for his pack. And without further ado, let me bring in that man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend, and the aforementioned cheesehead, Riley R. Mags Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I could not be doing much better today. This is about as excited as I am going to be. It certainly is as excited as I'm going to be for an NFL season preview because I am excited to talk about my boys. It's been a while since I've dove deep like we are about to on my pack. So I can't really wait. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling a lot better than yesterday. I got all that pound of donuts out of my system. I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling like, uh, you know, a new man. So I'm uh, I'm ready to rock and roll, my man. Hey, I love to hear it because uh, we did have to send you home early from the rough. production studios. Uh, let old R mags unbutton the pants, if you will, at About home. About 2.33 uh, o'clock until I fully recover. Yeah, those donuts uh, did not treat him all too well. Obviously, I tapped out much earlier than he did. But uh, nonetheless, had some fun hey. doing that. And uh, I was crazy enough to have one as a Midnight snack. My partner couldn't Still even make me at sick, that. man. <laughs> Either way, hey, we got uh, some stuff to talk about before we get into today's loaded show. Uh, throwing my pin around at the same time. A couple things to remind you guys about Colts Agenda Stack giveaway is still going on. So let me quickly reach on over to my right. Still a stack. And as I do, it's still a stack. And as a reminder, you can submit your guesses for how many sheets of paper you believe is in my agenda stack in the comments section and only in the comments section of episode number 100 of the Talk in the Line podcast on YouTube and accompany that with your Twitter handle. Now that also being said, we didn't make it through the dozen donuts, so we decided to up the ante just a little bit here. We are bumping up the Amazon gift card. We're going to do a $50 Amazon gift card now. We are also still going to do the shaker uh, set for you because we have a lot of fans uh, that are also into uh, health and fitness and athletics. So we're going to cut that out, bump up the Amazon card, but we decided to keep that in. Amazon card at 50 and also still our favorite. We can't wait to bring them back on the yes, show. Sir, it's been cannot. a long time. The money line dice. So that is the prize pack. And once again, submit your guesses, comment section, episode number 100 on YouTube of the Talking the Line podcast with your Twitter handle. So, for the third time live on The Daily Show, my, ooh, that is a good angle right there, boys and girls, my agenda stack. Both angles, both sides, I'll even show it to you this way, I'll even hold it at the end to show you it's got some weight to it. Maybe a little bit of a uh, thumb through, if you will, little thumb through, there you go. A solid, a solid stack, my man. It is. Now, don't did it worry. grow? Did you add to it after yesterday? Nope. No, it no. has stayed okay. the same. Okay, okay. Since I stopped adding to it on yesterday's show, so it stayed the same. And uh, that's the third official time you see it. You'll see it one more time on today's show, and then you'll see it two more times on tomorrow's show. And then once we stop tomorrow's live show, the giveaway is over, and we will find the winner from there. So make sure you get it in. If you haven't got it in, you still got time, but you better do it soon. However, Still got plenty of uh, bets that we're looking at today, bets sure. that we like. Uh, if you want our best bets, as we do not give them out on the uh, Daily Show right now, it's not business as usual, NFL Special Editions, you know the drill. You can still get all of our best bets on the Action Network app. I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Mags is at rmags in all caps. And then you can follow the Talking the Line best bets of the day at Talking the Line. I know, very hard to remember. 
Also, this just popped into my head. But we have a very, very, very interesting partnership going on in the background. Aha. Uh-huh. In regards to those uh, partnerships, or in regards to uh, those bets. Now, uh, before we get into everything here, um, sometimes maybe throughout the day you see us a little lighter on Twitter. Me, especially on my page, I do a lot of the background stuff and a lot of the meetings and obviously editing the website and all that stuff. So I'm tied up in all that stuff during the day and actually had a damn good meeting yesterday with a very, very, very interesting, intriguing, electric human being that um, I can't wait to meet in person. And uh, I think that this is going to be something huge for uh, not only for Talking the Line Sports Media, but also for our community, for you guys Mm -hmm. to uh, make it bigger and better. So stick around for that. We'll have more updates coming very, very soon in that realm. But as always, you can go to the TalkingTheLine.com website and find all of our best bets, the live lines and odds, accompanied by all of our additional content, blogs, featured uh, videos, yada, yada, yada. You can find it all there, so make sure you visit our website too. Outside of that, you know the drill on today's show. If you've been coming around for the special editions, we'll be talking all offensive and defensive lineups for the Packers. We'll break down their coaching staff as well. We'll dive deep into their schedule, breaking it down week by week as well as what we think their records will be within the division, their eight non-divisional games, and then the three remaining games outside of that. Then we're a daily sports gambling show. We're sports betting analysts. And at the end of the day, we are diehard NFL degenerates. So you know we had to give you a full betting preview. Some things that we really need to talk about there and uh, plenty of interesting lines to discuss later on in the show on the third segment. Fourth and final segment, you know we're also fantasy nerds. We've been in the same league, about to flip it over to Dynasty League for the better part of a decade. So in the fourth and final segment, start, stash, or pass, we will give you our best fantasy advice where you might be targeting some of these Packers in your upcoming draft. And if you do get your hands on them, are you starting them, stashing them, or passing on them all together? We'll let you know, and we'll give you our best advice. That all being said, I feel like I've rambled on long enough here. feel like I've given you guys all the updates. Hit the Colts agenda stack. Let you guys know where you can still find our bets. I cannot fucking wait to be able to hammer in NFL bets, to be able to hammer in college football bets, and, oh, you might have thought, Cole, there's a preseason game tonight. The Patriots and the Washington football team are playing tonight. We hammering it's gonna it? It's going to be a... No, we're not. No. We're, we're not, not touching it. Now, you might be a little upset at us for saying that, and, and I do apologize, my friends, but um, there is no reason to try and rationalize and justify and uh, figure out NFL preseason games. And I wouldn't feel right in my mind, as cool as it is to cash a mm-hmm. ticket at the end of the day, flaunting around an NFL preseason ticket like no. I did something spectacular. So I'm going to stay away from the third strings. Uh, you know, honestly, you might think this opinion is dumb too, but I, I think the preseason sucks. I think you can erase it all together. I honestly don't even really watch the Bears in the preseason. I, I just I don't get really much out of it. 
maybe I'll turn it on for a quarter. And then after that, I lose so much interest. It's yeah. just like I could spend my time doing much better things, maybe researching this team instead of watching guys who are going to get cut next week. So, yeah, I mean, I, for the most part, I'm with you on that one. I told you I was probably going to watch a little bit of the Packers because Jordan Love's going to play and I haven't seen him play at all. So I'm excited to watch that a little bit. But even like you said, you watch a few snaps and you kind of start to get tired of it because it's just, you know, it is football, but it's not the full, yeah. it's not the full thing. It's not the full thing. So we're going to be staying away. So if you're looking for, uh, NFL preseason bets. We ain't doing it yet, but hey, it's uh, well under a month sure. now. The preseason's in full swing, so we will be on it. Don't you worry. A uh, couple key updates for some upcoming shows we'll touch on at the end of today's episode and uh, cover everything upcoming for the crew. But for now, let's dive into episode number 100 and today's team of the day the Green Bay Packers of Lambeau Field. You know, the frozen tundra has uh, been on fire the last few years, if I do say so myself. Aaron Rodgers, against all odds, has continually improved, has continually put up ungodly numbers, and last season was pure proof of that with his above 70% completion rate. Mm -hmm. If you read my blog yesterday, you already know that I think he is going to be MVP, back-to-back, repeat MVP, but we'll talk about all that later We'll talk about a lot of stuff here today because I do also have some strong opinions up and down the offense and up and down the defense, as I'm sure my partner does as well, both from uh, no. his cheesehead perspective as well as from an NFL analyst perspective. So we'll be sure to get you the biased and unbiased takes. Where me over here, I'll be sure to not uh, toss in too many bears jabs along the way, but I don't think I can toss too many in because there's not a whole many legs I could stand on over the course of the last fucking decade, let's nope. say. So... Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my friends, TTL faithful, everybody in between, let's get into the Green Bay Packers. Full team breakdown. As always, I'll kick things off. Uh, we'll kick things off on the offensive side of the ball, and I will kick things off with some of the key losses, then kick it on over to my partner with some of the key additions offensively. Now, they didn't let a whole too many guys walk offensively, but the biggest name you will notice is Corey Lindsley. Going to uh, replace him with a rookie that my partner will tell you about that they picked up in the draft. So I'm not too certain if that's going to be a big glaring hole or if that's going to be a good addition and good fill for them. They did also let Jamal Williams walk. Running back, we know his production, that uh, RB2 for Green Bay, he produced time and time again, went to another NFC North team, the Detroit Lions. We already talked about that, but we're not talking about them here today. They let Lane Taylor walk, left guard, Jared Valdir, right tackle, and also Ricky Wagner, right tackle. So overall, only five guys, pretty much going to be the same offense. So you deduct, if you will, after my partner tells you about the additions right now, whether or not this Packers offense is going to improve or decline in 2021. Alrighty, so you mentioned Mr. Corey, Corey Lindsley. That is certainly a big loss there. But they did add, as you mentioned, out of the second round from Ohio State, Mr. Josh Myers center. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a solid piece there. And they seem to have some flexibility, especially when David Bakhtiari comes back. Once he... or to start the season without him uh, they might be handcuffed a little bit as far as flexibility but they'll have some decent spots to move around and see what works the best 
They also brought in Mari Rogers in the third round, wide receiver from Clemson. He should see the field pretty immediately here. They brought in Royce Newman, offensive guard, going to fill in some depth spots there. Cole Van Lanen from Wisconsin, kept him in state, from, also an offensive guard. Not sure what we'll see from him this year, if at all. And then in the seventh round, going to be third or fourth running back, Kylan Hill, running back out of Mississippi State. And then as far as free agency trades go, they obviously brought in Randall Cobb. Uh, but aside from that, not too many additions. They are keeping just about every single one of their guys on offense, except for the you know, two or three guys that my partner mentioned there. So a lot of, uh, lot of excitement here on my side of things, partner. What do we got as far as uh, some... So very interesting overall across the board that they didn't really make many offensive moves. And one of the main complaints of Aaron Rodgers with the, was that the uh, front office was not doing those moves to help him. They once again didn't do it going in here to 2021. I'm not saying that the draft was a bust by any means, but before I give you all of my hot takes on that, let's talk about just a few key 2020 Packers offensive stats. I think should look the same, but they're so doggone good. In my mind, from what I know everywhere across the board, we got to see regression, right? The Packers averaged 6.3 yards per play on offense last year. They rushed the ball only 43.77% of the time and passed on 56.23% of plays. Rodgers had a 70.16 completion percentage off the charts. They converted on 50.97% of their third downs, and they were actually extremely efficient at avoiding third down altogether. And... They were ridiculous in the red zone. They converted at a 76.81% clip. And ladies and gentlemen, that is all because of the 12 and 17 connection. Tay and A-Rod are ridiculous together. And when you get them in the 10-yard line or closer, they're not running the ball. They're going to run an RPO, and Tay's going to be wide open in the corner somewhere. I think we see... Very similar numbers, very similar production. I don't see how you can't with them not letting very many people go. But in my mind, when you see just continual, continual, continual improvement, and then that seemed like the peak in 2020, how can you not see some regression? I know you hate to say that, and that's not on your mind anywhere at all, Mr. Mags, but man, I just, I, as an NFL fan, as a fan of some of the incredible plays and incredible games that these team, that this team has, I don't want that to happen, but I just don't know. It's kind of a question mark in my head right now. So before we, uh, I kick it over to you, give all of my, give your opinion, your outlook, what you think, uh, just a quick outlook. So you guys know, as far as the offensive side of the ball, they are returning all of their wide receivers, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, uh, on the left side, Alan Lazard out of the slot. And then the aforementioned Devonte Adams on the right side. They got Bob Tunyon as well. Catching passes tied in. Looks like he's going to be TE one this year. Aaron Jones has firmly supplanted himself in the RB one role now backed up this year by AJ Dillon, who, uh, looks to potentially break out here into 2021. They they also have on the bench uh, Mari Rogers picked up uh, via the draft, which my partner told you about, and then Devin Funches. Not super high on Devin Funches. He's kind of started to decline here over the last few years, but still a decent depth add for them. And then they have Jordan Love, obviously, behind uh, the main man, QB12, MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And then the offensive line. Offensive line back to uh, health this year. Uh, help me out a little bit here. That is not Billy Turner. 
Yep, Billy it Turner. It is Billy Turner. Yep. And then uh, Patrick, that... Uh, Lucas Patrick. Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, uh, Eld, Elden, Elgton. Elgton Jen- Jenkins, and then David Takatari or Bakhtiari mm-hmm. to you. Uh, that, uh, you know, obviously, same offense we've seen over the course of the last few years. Not much has changed there. One thing I want to mention before I kick it over to you, partner, is that I'm a little scared about this receiving core. The fact that they didn't make any moves. They did bring in Amari Rodgers. He was very, very good in college. I uh, I definitely watched him a good amount at Clemson, as we all did, as Clemson was <laughs> on primetime all the time. But I don't know that we see an uptick from Lazard or if we see an uptick at all for MVS. Uh, last I checked, those guys dropped the ball an awful lot and didn't give Aaron Rodgers many opportunities to have a smile on his face when he sent it downfield in their direction. It is also evidenced by some of the numbers on targets 10-plus yards downfield to non-Devante Adams receivers. They had a 48.5% catch rate and a 16.1% drop rate. So not good. That's going to need to improve this year. But like I just said, I don't necessarily know that it does. Now, partner, I've been talking enough about him. Let me hear what you think for your pack going into the 2021 season offensively. Okay, so I do agree that, you know, it would seem that there are spots for regression, but I also think there's spots for, you know, positive regression on the other end. Receiver room uh, had some injuries the last few years. They've been among the worst five teams as far as wide receiver rooms health-wise, so I have to imagine that's going to tick back up in the right direction this time around. And those drops, man, I have to imagine those drops are also going to, you know, positive regression here this season. You know, maybe not, but I still, a lot of people uh, have hate for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He doesn't show it on the stat sheet, but what he does so damn well is take the top off of the defense. And that's why Devontae Adams had one of the, or had the best year of his career. And I think we see that again. And, you know, hopefully Alan Lazard can stay healthy and have more production than he had. Otherwise, you know, he's going to see a similar season as last year. I think we could see Bob Tanyan having more production down the field this year, have a little bit more, you know, catches and receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. I have to imagine we're not going to see double-digit touchdowns from him again. That was kind of an anomaly, in my opinion. And then as far as the running backs, I think the way they take the top off of the defense with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that really bodes well for Aaron Jones, who's improved so much as a pass catcher. And that's really why I think they let Jamal Williams walk because Aaron Jones has improved so much. And now while A.J. Dillon isn't the pass catcher that Jamal Williams was, the improvement of Aaron Jones really shores that up. And A.J. Dillon can still run the hell out of the ball. And I know Randall Cobb, a lot of people aren't uh, thinking he's going to have much of an impact. I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler or have 1,000 yards. I'm not saying that. But like I was saying with taking the top off the defense for MVS, that really bodes well for Randall Cobb, who... When he was successful for the Packers, he was finding those lanes to, when the play broke down, to find those ways to find the holes in the defense. And if you're taking the top off the defense, I think we're going to see that and be a lot more effective than people are expecting. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of the things you're saying. As far as MVS ripping the top off the defense, yes, he is a speedster. In my mind, it comes down to is his mentality broken? Yeah, there has been a shitload of hate, even from the Cheesehead community towards MVS. And I don't know if we see that improvement. I hope so for his sake. I For his sake as a human being, I don't want to see him dropping balls and, and missing targets like he did last year. Hopefully we do see that improvement. I, it definitely sounds like you think we will. Yeah. I, I believe we will as well. And I think the people who cover the team really closely have really defended him this past year. And I sure. think that's kind of 
bleeding into the rest of the fan base. Yeah. So, and like you were saying, and like I was saying, I think him especially, those deep ball drops are going to, as far as the drop rate, is going to go way down. And we see a few more big touchdowns from him this year. Yeah, and then I echo another sentiment you said. Uh, as far as Bob Tanyan, I think we see some regression. I think you got to be a little tentative on him, and we'll talk about it more in fantasy. But I think you should temper expectations a little bit from last year. You said it. I, too, think it was a bit of an anomaly. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but it's not going to be highlight reel after highlight reel, right. in my opinion, this year. Like, I think he's going to have some positive regression as far as the, in his entire game is concerned. But, I mean, 11 touchdowns for a guy that sure. had, uh, I don't even know where he ranked as far as tight end catches and yards. It was a lot more close to the middle of the pack. So, you know, production-wise, he'll probably have a tick down, yeah. And then finally, before we move into the defense, one final thing uh, you hit on that I did not hit on. Well, actually, two final things, the running back room and then Randall Cobb. Mm -hmm. uh, running back room, I absolutely love it. I think this is insane value. Aaron Jones signed that extension last year. Coming into this year, I think he absolutely balls out. I think they turn him into a workhorse. And then A.J. Dillon. More, the sauce baby the, the sauce i mean he is father. all of that <laughs> he is he is dominant 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 on the field so i hey i think he is a just fine replacement for jamal williams you know jamal williams was sick in green bay loved mm -hmm. having him on the fantasy roster but eh, i'm fine with aj Dillon, and i think he has plenty of value too but the aforementioned randall cobb little worried now he's not that old but he does have a shitload of miles on him. Mm -hmm. And you've said that to me before, partner. And there was a reason he was playing with the Houston Texans. And, I mean, maybe we'll see flashes from time to time. I hope that for Rodgers' sake, him making all this boo-dab about it and having them bring Cobb in pays off. If it doesn't, that'll be real bad for his case. Mm -hmm. And then we really might part ways into 22, but we're not talking about that right now. I just... I don't know how quickly he gets worked in or if he still has the capability of that six yard out 92 yard touchdown. Yeah, that's fair. And like basically what I, what I was kind of saying is while some of his game has fallen off, I think this new style of Matt LaFleur offense that he hasn't played in might be, you know, even more tailor made for his skill set than what we saw with Mike McCarthy in there. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I think it's going to be his production wise, numbers wise might be similar to what we've seen the last couple of years, but I think it's going to be a more effective, you know, production than when we saw the last two years as far as those kind of being a little bit more empty and kind of just getting catches here and there. I think it could be third down conversions or, uh, you know, these when the play breaks down, I guess is what I'm kind of saying, play action, that type of stuff. Yeah, and as far as third down conversions go as well that you mentioned that, the Packers really did a great job at avoiding third downs. I already mentioned it, but they were spectacular on first down, they were spectacular on second down, and they just really did a great job. And even when they faced those third downs, they were super short yardage, and they could depend on the run game right. to get them those short downs. And yeah, I think uh, I think you might be right, man. Randall Cobb might have a little success in this LaFleur RPO offense. We'll see what happens, but uh, jury's still out definitely in my mind. Now, I know we could spend about 15 more hours talking about your mm. Packers offense. Yeah. Quickly wrap it up. One we got to move into the defense. Yeah, to stay a little unbiased here, I would say the one concern I have is losing Corey Lindley and just not knowing what we're going to get from a couple of these young pieces on offense, especially before David Bakhtiari comes back. Because once D-Bak comes back, you know, I, all systems go. I feel sure. great here. But early, early on in the season... I'm wondering if we might see a few growing pains from Myers or if they have to sprinkle in Newman here. Do you think Bakhtiari will make week one? 
week one it doesn't sound like it but uh you know within the first month or so it does sound like it or at least halfway through okay i'm actually really glad you mentioned that because josh myers is i mean even though he had a great uh great college career at ohio state i i don't know it's a question mark you never know what what's uh they do have guys at center you never know they do have some guys that are flexible flexible though so that's what gives me uh, still some optimism here absolutely so we'll hey we'll have plenty more to talk about the offense and plenty more hot takes and everything Mm -hmm. talk about Quickly into the defense so we can get uh, all through the full team breakdown here. You know everything going on. Partner, kick things off, if you would, with the key defensive losses for the pack going into 2021 here. Nothing too much to write home about here. They cut a lot of guys that were, you know, guys that were practice squad guys, very deep on the depth chart here, or even, you know, two or three games that they played last year, like Snacks Harrison, I think, played one or two games. He's out of town. Uh, but the bigger guys here are Christian Kirksey, played 11 games, started 11 games, that linebacker. He's in Houston now. Uh, and then Montrevious Adams, interior defensive line, played eight games, but he was pretty largely a, a disappointment over the last few years for us, and now he's in uh, New England. So nothing crazy to write home about here. Um, you know, with the Montrevious Adams, I said, was a disappointment. And Christian Kirksey, you know, kind of disappointing. Not It would still be a nice uh, depth piece to have. But like I said, nothing crazy to write home about here, partner. Nothing crazy to write home about for sure. Uh, was looking over here on the old uh, mobile device. We did have a little update. Uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, not in relation to the Packers, but the Ravens. We've already covered the Ravens. Uh, Rashad Bateman is going to be be getting surgery uh, tomorrow or Friday on his groin that he did injure in practice and looks like per John Harbaugh he's going to be back sometime in September Mm. so the rookie career of Bateman is not completely washed you heard me talk about him I I am electrified to see this man on the field Uh, we watched a shitload of him in the Big Ten at Minnesota so I hope he gets uh, hope he gets back to the field as soon as sure, possible. Sure. T's and P's, but let's keep it moving with the defensive additions. Now they didn't um, add much on this side either. They really they I, again. I don't want to say that this draft was a bust because they did add some key pieces, some key depth pieces, and definitely for the future as well. But they just it just didn't seem like they were super duper aggressive um, in uh, either via free agency or the trade. They picked up Devondre Campbell, uh, linebacker out of Arizona, and then they picked up four guys in the draft. They took number one. Their number one pick uh, was Eric Stokes, defensive back out of Georgia. Hopefully he can sure up some of the uh, bonehead issues that we saw from uh mainly Kevin King last year, but uh, some of the other guys on the field. So hopefully we see some uh, impacts from him right off the bat. They also drafted, Excuse me, Tadaryl Slayton, defensive tackle out of Florida. Shamar Jean Charles, defensive back out of Appalachian State. I can't really remember him, but I bet a mess on the Appalachian mm-hmm. State Mountaineers in college football last year. And that secondary was damn good. So right. I got to think he's going to be good too. So that's another depth add for this secondary. And then Isaiah McDuffie uh, out of Boston College, linebacker. I've liked him a lot in college. You know, Boston College kind of uh, slides under the radar a lot. They don't typically have the best record or typically get those primetime games. So we'll see what Isaiah McDuffie can do if he can make any type of an impact. But that does it as far as the defensive additions. Quickly, with some uh, defensive stats here, they allowed opponents to move the sticks about five and a half yards per play last year. Uh, opponent completion percentage was at 64.61%. When they got to third downs, they allowed opponents to convert at a 40.58% clip, so very solid there. And in the red zone, you'd like to see them tick it down a little bit, but not bad. Allowed opponents to score it at 59.65% clip. Honestly, sometimes you... In, 
and me personally too, sometimes I, I look at this Packers defense and I I just get weird flashbacks that they give up a bunch of points. So they're not very good here or there. And they're sneakily really damn good. When you look into the numbers, when you look at them, when you look at what some of the, these guys have developed into over the course of the last two, three years, this is a damn good defense. And I'm pretty doggone sta- scared being a, a Bears fan uh, facing them. And also, look out NFC North. I think this defense is going to be the best that we have seen it yet. And definitely um, something that potentially, for a change, the Packers could hang their hats on. That's a stretch for sure, but it is a damn good defense. They have Zadarius Smith on the line. Uh, Dean Lowry, mm-hmm. that is, on the Rockford. defensive tackle. Rockford, shout out. Kenny Clark, uh, opposite of him, and then Preston Smith on the opposite side. You know the Smith bros. You know how it gets mm-hmm. down there in Lambeau. Eric Stokes going to be on the outside. Looks like he's getting an immediate starting spot. Uh, it's going to be a competition with gonna Kevin be, King. Yeah. Going to be kind of a competition with Kevin King, but hey, that'd be kind of cool if uh, on your half if old Kevin King gets ousted out. Seriously. Uh, that is Charles Chandon Sullivan. Chandon Sullivan, and then uh, Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander has turned into one of the best corners <laughs> in the dog. league, in my mind, and I cannot wait to see him play. My old boy, who I hate to see play in the yellow and gold now, but I still love to watch him play yellow as an and NFL gold? fan. Yellow and gold. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yellow and green. My, uh, It still started with a G. I was close. Uh, Adrian Amos. Uh, coming back for th- year three now? Third, year, yeah, year three, third year. I do believe it is. So uh, I think he has another productive year. And then Darnell Savage Jr., opposite of him, taking the deep field. Uh, mm-hmm. He is a dominant, dominant uh, free safety. So, man, I love this secondary. I love the front seven. Uh, they obviously brought in the uh, linebacker as well in Devondre Campbell. Mm-hmm. And then opposite of him, uh, that is Chris Barnes. Chris Barnes. So, Man, oh man, you just look at this from a name standpoint, and some of these guys over the course of the last few years might not have been the top-tier names, but I think we got a damn good shot to see some of these guys in the top 10 of their positions all across the board this season. Yeah, well, the one name uh, that you didn't mention here, and it's not on the list there, and he technically might not be a starter, but Rashawn Gary has really mm-hmm. improved last year, sure. uh, and he's going to be, along with the Smith brothers, kind of rotating in as pass rushers. And that's really the biggest thing for this defense is that the pass rushing has to get back to, and specifically those three guys, because President Smith was pretty largely disappointing after an amazing 2019 season. Mm-hmm. He had a downtick last year, started to pick up a little bit at the end of the year, but we really need him and Darius to be just I don't know if I don't know if I want to say dominant factors but at least like close to Pro Bowl level pass rushers uh, and it sounds like Rashawn Gary continues to improve so you know if we don't see some pass rush like I'm kind of expecting we see a uh, you know an uptick in that rate if we don't see that then this defense is probably going to look a lot like it was last year but if we do have the pass rush it's going to look like kind of what you're saying a really solid defense there are some holes here. These linebackers are new. We haven't had uh, too much consistency there, but obviously our new defensive coordinator is a former linebackers coach, so I have to imagine that should help our young linebackers here fit into this defense. And as you mentioned, that secondary, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, whoever's on that side of things, it's going to be a question mark once again here, but kind of coupling it with the pass rush once again. If that pass rush rate picks up, then a lot of the weight is going to be off those guys' shoulders. And... You know, even if we don't see an improvement from Jair Alexander, he's still a top five corner, but, you know, he's still, I don't know what, exactly what age he is. He's still in his mid-20s. We could see another huge improvement from him and be, sure. you know, top three cornerback if he's not already. So sure. 
I've got a lot of uh, optimism here, but still, still some skepticism just because, you know, it hasn't been, you know, any part of our strengths over the last decade with Rodgers there. 2019, it was pretty solid, but, you know, I'm, I'm still a little skeptical, but I, I've got some optimism here. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Packers ha- over the course of the last few seasons have rushed on defense at one of the highest rates in the league or actually one of the lowest rates in the like league. Like worst rush defenses, you're saying? Yeah. Like they've rushed one of the lowest oh, rates in like the league. Oh, like they've sent the, most, have, sent the least but people? But have one of the highest sacks. So sack last rates. year it was really weird. It was like the 26th or 27th pressure rate, but their sack rate was like top 10 or something like that, right. which is a really weird split. Yeah, so you would think that there's going to be some some definite regression in that sack side of things if they can't up that if pressure. They, yeah, if that pressure rate stays the same, that's kind of what I was saying. We're going to see a lot like last year. So but it's really bizarre. Like when they did get to the passer, they typically took them down, but you have to be able to, you know, if you're not sacking them, you still have to be able to give the quarterback some tough looks and make them think twice, which is sure. where they kind of lacked last year. So that's basically what I'm saying. They need to increase that pass rush rate. And if they do, that sack rate's going to go even higher again here. There you go. All right. Well, that's all cleared up. Let's wrap things up here. Uh, Full team breakdown and coaching staff with that coaching staff. Matt LaFleur coming in for year three head coach. Joined for his third year as well by Nathaniel Hackett. And then brand new in his first year, former linebackers coach for the Los Angeles Rams is Joe Barry. Uh very excited to see what these guys can do. I uh, am excited to see if LaFleur's offense continues to improve. I think it will, but off the top of my head, how much more can you improve? I right. just I don't know. And this, obviously, the coal that ignites the fire in the engine that is the Packers train is Aaron Rodgers. So he's going to once again have to be Superman. We all know that. But... As far as that all goes, full team breakdown for you guys there. Let me quickly tell you about some rankings so you're on the same page, and then we'll get into the schedule. Per the guys over at SFA, as always, uh, this quarterback room comes in ranked as the number two in the league. Obviously, having Aaron Rodgers, there's no arguing that whatsoever. Offensive line now looks like to be back to full health, especially once they get Bakhtiari back, come in ranked as the eighth unit in the league. Can definitely improve upon that number as well. Running back unit, seventh in the league, and I think that they have the potential to finish within fifth or maybe even third if they uh, play their cards right here and have a deep run. Receiver unit, 14th in the league. Obviously, that number is a lot lower because of Devontae Adams. If he was not on the field, I think that this would be up in the 20s, in my humble opinion. On the opposite side of the ball, the defense, the front seven, a little bit weak ranking, 20th unit in the league right now. I think that they can prove upon that but it's going to come down to that rush rate and um, sack rate that Mm -hmm. we just talked about a little while ago. Secondary, getting a lot of love from the guys at SFA, seventh overall unit in the league. I would have to agree with that. The improvement we've seen year over year and the additions that they made via the draft only added depth and some long-term value. So I agree with that 100%. And then third-year coach Matt LaFleur comes in ranked, cracked the top 10, 10th ranked coach in the NFL right now per the guys at SFA. So I would agree with that as well. I think he definitely has uh, plenty of opportunity to improve upon that, especially if he gets his pack back to the NFC Championship game once again this season. Look at that smirk come across your face. Well, and like uh, (laughs) one of the things uh, Warren Sharp mentions here is that it's tough to rate Matt LaFleur because it's like, all right, how much of what his success is is on Aaron Rodgers? How much of it is actually Matt LaFleur? So it's tough to judge, but so I I think the 10th ranking there is pretty fair. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Full team breakdown. Let's keep it rocking and rolling into 
the full schedule breakdown for the Green Bay Pack. First things first, I'll go through it uh, weekly, and then uh, we'll just break it down. We'll talk about what we think they're going to do in the North and their divisional, uh, non-divisional opponents, everything like that. So first things first here, my friends, taking a look at week one. They're meeting the Saints in New Orleans. Then they come back to Lambeau to face the Lions, then back on the road to San Francisco, back home to uh, to welcome the Steelers into Lambeau, and then on the road back-to-back weeks five and six to the Bengals and the Bears. Week seven, they come back to Lambeau. Can you say traveling all over the damn map? Mm-hmm. Washington football team in week seven. Back to Arizona in week eight, then to Kansas City in week nine. They get to welcome the Seahawks to Lambeau in week 10. Then they go on kind of up and over to Minnesota in week 11. Then week 12, thank goodness, they welcome the Rams into Lambeau. But Matt Stafford is going to be coming back to town for the first time since joining the Rams. They have their bye week in week 13, and then welcome the Bears. Bear down! Any opportunity I can, but that is at Lambeau in week 14. Not super excited about that one. If the Bears get a win, it might be in week six, but that's a big if. Week 15, they go on the road to Baltimore, and then they come back home for the Browns. Then they are at home again in week 17 against the Vikings and close out the season on the road in Detroit. So not the hardest schedule on the map early in the season. But about halfway through and then for the rest of the season, it gets daunting. And mainly because of a lot of the past defenses that uh, this Packers team is going to face. Obviously, they have Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers have been playing out of his mind. That's going to factor a lot into some of my selections here. But man, it's going to be a coin flip in a couple areas for me if I do say so myself. So now that you know the full schedule, let's just get on into it here, my friend and partner. Try to be as unbiased as I will you possibly try. can. I will try. <laughs> this this is the real spot that you got to yeah, be so yep, far. Yep. All right. So first things first, NFC North. Um, man, I've gone back and forth so many times, and if if it's Andy Dalton in uh, in week six oh. when we face them, it's going to be pretty bad. Now, if it's Justin Fields. There's a shot we might have a, a little something-something going on, especially playing in Chicago, and that could be potentially the week that they do slot him in, or maybe against the Bengals, and then Fields is playing decent, has the speed game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Bears get that game, and that's not me as a Bears analyst. That's just early season Bears-Packers games are fucking goofy. So maybe a split there. They easily get the Lions 0-2, and in my mind, they easily get the Vikings, or 2-0, and and then 2-0 and for the Vikings as well. Unless they go brain neutral in a game against the Vikes again this year and let Dalvin Cook absolutely Mm. run all over them. We all remember that happening last year because we all hammered in the Packers spread in that game. So my mind, they go five and one uh if that is a split and that's that's maybe more of a lean for me being a Bears fan, but and, and just kind of some of the trends from historically. But I would say in my mind they go five and one, if not six and zero, oh, if they get a clean sweep of the Bears as well. Yeah, I uh, I kind of lean five and one, six and zero oh here once again. I think the Packers have the Bears number right now. The Bears defense is still very good, but uh, it's not what it was in 2018. I don't know if that's enough to stop this Packers offense. 
As far as the Vikings are concerned, yeah, 2-0 against the Lions again. I don't even need to dive into that too much. But uh, as far as the Vikings are concerned, they did lose that game last year. And like you said, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook ran rampant on their defense. And, you know, they really just controlled that game. So I think the Packers, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was it was definitely the second of the two games against the Vikings. So the Packers are probably still thinking about that game and wanting to get their look back here in Week 11. And then in Week 17, it's a home game on Sunday Night Football with a little bit of a rest advantage. So, like I said, I'll try and stay unbiased. But uh, even me being unbiased is, uh, you know, tough to do as far I, I like, go overly unbiased. So, I'll, I'm, I'm going to stick with 6-0. I'll put it this way. One way or another, I think something goofy happens from them going perfect in the North. And either they split with the Vikes or they split with my Bears. It's I don't think there's any hope for the Lions, but... Something, it just seems too perfect after last season, Aaron coming back in, the whole offseason drama, it just seems too damn perfect. And if I know one thing about NFL, when everything seems too damn perfect, it ain't going to happen that way. That's fair. So the that's best, just my opinion. The best thing is that they have no rest disadvantage, if I'm not mistaken, in any of these division games. Correct. I, I do believe you are correct there too, but we'll get into some mm. uh, rest and prep here shortly. They have eight main games outside of the division. They play the AFC North and the NFC West. Yikes. Uh, going to get a little sweaty for the for the old pack for sure. They're going to have some shootouts in my mind. Um, I think that they can get the win over the Ravens, but that's a bad defensive matchup. Not for Aaron Rodgers, but for every other player on that field. And, I mean, there's only so much Superman Aaron Rodgers can have in a game. And with that game being in uh, week uh, week 15, especially after coming off the Bears, you might think they might look ahead against the Bears. Maybe they lose that game to the Bears. Maybe that's the game they lose to the Bears. Or who knows, maybe they come down. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is I can see that game in my mind going either way and it being a complete shootout and a half. So... That being said, I think they get the Bengals no problem. The Brownies is once again going to be a shootout. Christmas Day. But I think that they edge that out on Christmas. Uh, is that in Lambeau? It is. That is in Lambeau. Christmas so I, on I, Lambeau, I, I man. I would take that. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll have them losing to the Ravens just because it is at the bank. Okay. Um, they beat the they beat the Brownies. They beat the Bengals. And then I think, too, that they beat the Steelers. That's yeah. an early season game in Lambeau week four. So in my mind, they go three and one. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll say three and one as well. I think they split with the Ravens and Browns. I am leaning towards the Browns as you are. I could see it flipping the opposite way as well as well though. And once again, I think they beat the Steelers. I the Steelers defense I really like, but I don't like their offense enough to stay in it with Aaron Rodgers here. Sure. And it uh, you know even if the Steelers defense hold them down, I don't think the Steelers offense does much. So I'll I'll go with three and one with you as well. 10-4 into the NFC West. Uh, this is the most toss-up division in the league this year. This is going to be the hardest division as far as within each other battling right. it out. And then everybody else that has been granted the opportunity and pleasure of having to face right. one of these teams on their schedule. Packers got to face all four of them. I think they get the win against the Cardinals. I think that defense just has too many doggone holes in it to stop anything Aaron Rodgers will do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think they get the win against the Rams in the regular season. I think they do. It's right before the bye. That's going to be huge for them. I think they get that win. But if you read my blog yesterday, I think they meet again in the playoffs and that's when Sean McVay gets his lick back. Hmm. 
but we won't talk about that yet. We're not talking about the Rams. Okay. Um, and then Seahawks. Again, Seahawks Packers games are just absolutely always bananas anyway. And then you're gonna add into this season. That game is in Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would side with the uh, Packers in that sense then too. And then as far as the 49ers go, that is in San Francisco. I could see something goofy happening there in week three. It's one of their harder games in the first five weeks of the season as far as um, defensive pass faced goes. So I could see him once again going three and one way, one way or another here, um, messing up some loss somewhere, somehow in the NFC West. So uh, lock me in for three and one once again for the remaining four there. Okay. Uh, yeah, optimistically, I will say three and one as well. But I'm I'm honestly two and two wouldn't shock me here. I don't want to talk about it too much because you're going to say it in a minute, but they've got some tough rest disadvantages within these three or four mm-hmm. games here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well as you, I think they outshoot the Cardinals there, even with uh, the Seahawks coming off of their bye week, what it looks like here. Um, I think the Packers take care of them you mentioned that uh, these games have been crazy over Rodgers and Wilson's careers and that's no no lie at all the last two three years the Packers have had their number aside from maybe one uh primetime game so I do like the Packers in that one um that game against the Rams it does appear that the Rams have a nice advantage uh, rest wise and that one it is in Lambeau but I'm uh, a little skeptical there um, so I'll give them a loss there. And I'm even skeptical about the Niners, and it's because of what they did to us two years ago. I think I speak for a lot of Packers fans. Even last year when they were injured, there was still nervousness going into that game because it's just this lingering, like, they really pulled their pants down and punched us in every single part yeah. of our you know, our, our feelings here in the yeah. regular season and in the playoffs. So yeah. I am not as scared of the Niners' offense as I was in that year, uh, regardless of who's quarterback. I don't think they have as many pieces as they did two years ago. That defense, if they can get healthy again, though, it still scares me a little bit. So I'll try and be unbiased here and say 2-2, two and two, actually. All right. Well, actually, the more you talked about that, the more I kind of started to slide you know, over to two. If they and had two. some rest advantages, I would probably lean three and one. Maybe. But they've got some tough disadvantages in those games. You slid me over a little bit there. So uh, there's our opinions as far as that. They got three remaining games against the Chiefs, the football team, and the Saints. Now, I don't think that they're going to get the win on the road in the Chiefs' kingdom against the Chiefs. Just not going to happen in my mind. That uh, that place. Uh, Arrowhead is going to be absolutely rocking mm-hmm. this year. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Chiefs Kingdom didn't get to be present in 2020. It is going to be bananas. I, I feel sorry for any team that has to go into Arrowhead, no question in my mind. So that one's kind of a wash for me, but I think they don't have much of a problem with that uh, Washington football team. I think that defense might cause Aaron a few problems, and I think potentially it'll cause that, uh, that wide receiver room a lot of problems. So that... A little bit closer of a game, but I think the Packers definitely get it. I don't think the football team's going to beat Aaron Rodgers in the floor. And then I think that the Packers definitely get the win over the Saints. I don't think the Saints will have enough offensive firepower to get it done in that game. So for me, they go 2-1 and one in the remaining three. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll stick with you on that one uh, almost to a T there, partner. The Saints, if they were playing them later in the season in New Orleans, I'd be a little concerned because I think the Saints will kind of figure themselves out as the season goes with some of these changes. Sure. But week one, I like the Packers a lot 
in that game. Um, and then, uh, you know, unbi- unbiased, I'll stick with you and say the Chiefs get the win in that one. And then, uh, you know, maybe come February, something else happens, uh, kind of like what you were saying, maybe. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking so. Uh, but in that one, uh, I mean, the Packers did go into Arrowhead two years ago in 2019 and take a win, but it was without Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and the Packers offense still did what they needed to do. But, you know, who knows how many more points the Chiefs would have scored in that game. So, sure. you know, I'll give the I'll give the Chiefs the win there. And then, like you said, I, I really like that Washington defense. But I think, uh, you know, when you have a bad, really good defense, but, you know, when your offense is questionable, I still think that bodes well for Aaron Rodgers to outshoot you a little bit there. So I'll give them two and one as well. Yeah, I actually have the Rams making it there this year. But the Packers are very doggone interesting, man. They are very doggone interesting to make it all the way. And I resonate extremely well with Aaron's highbrow thinking. It's We're on the same wavelength mm. when it comes to mm-hmm. that stuff. I am just a fan of him as a human being. Being a fan of the Pat McAfee show and being able to see him every Tuesday just made me even more of a fan of Aaron Rodgers, just as a human being, not even as an NFL football player. Same, and I didn't think I could get to that yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I mean, it, it just it turned me over. And being a Bears fan, I hate to say that, but doggone. I mean, he's, he's just such a cool dude. And, you know, I, I think that... Uh, <sighs> I think that they have an opportunity, man, and I buy into what he's the snake oil he's selling. As crazy as that sounds coming from me, I I'm buying into the snake oil Rogers is selling. Now, to uh briefly put a cherry before we uh talk about some of the rest and prep inequalities and some of the uh uh schedule differences from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. Got me down right there at twelve wins. Uh season total that we'll talk about in a little while is at ten. So they go twelve and three or twelve and uh five, five overall. Not uh not not bad for the pack. Obviously not a repeat of last year record wise, but I still uh definitely think that this is a twelve and five Packers team in my mind. So that all being said, quick look through here at uh some of the key rest and prep inequalities and then a couple of key items and then we'll get into the real juice. The betting preview. Yes, sir. Uh, As far as rest and prep go, not looking good for the Packers. You mentioned it a good amount there uh, here just a little while ago, partner. They face uh, four opponents that have over a week to prep for them, and they only face three opponents that have less than a week to prepare for them. They have four rest disadvantages, and the Packers only have three rest advantages. They play two short-week road games, and they play one road game or one game off a road Sunday night or Monday night football game. One of these here days, I'll be able to get that last (laughs) one. Uh, But as far as that goes, I mean, about the only shining spot is they don't have to play uh, right away off of a road primetime game. But outside of that, it's not looking too good schedule-wise for your pack. Right, and like I said, I think a lot of the struggles as far as rest disadvantages might come in those NFC West games. The biggest advantage they have is uh, bye week at home in week 14, coming off a bye week to play your Bears. And aside from that, they got a four-day advantage against the Chiefs, so that hopefully that could help them. Uh, otherwise, the only other one appears to be a one-day advantage against the Vikings in week 17. 10-4. One final closing thought before we get into the full betting preview. Now, I mentioned I'm a little worried for Aaron. I think that he is going to have a good year, but I don't know what we see from this wide receiver room. I want to say that they improve, but there's something glaring at me that I got to let you guys know about. These Packers this season face 10 defenses inside the top 15 in defensive pass efficiency allowed. They face eight defenses inside the top 10 
in that same category. So I don't think Rodgers has the problem. I think it's going to be the receivers that has the problem. Devontae is going to be fine. In my mind, he is the best receiver in the league. He had Jalen Ramsey looking like a little kid banging his rattle on his high chair last year. We all saw it. He's the best receiver in the league, and I'm a Bears fan. Everyone else on that team, fuck all. I have no idea. I can't tell you. I don't know how much of a factor that is going to loom, but it bears mentioning and it's definitely something that you've got to keep in the back of your mind. I don't think it impacts Rodgers that much, but I do think it impacts this wide receiver room. Okay. I think health is a big uh, concern as far as the receiver room, like I mentioned. Sure. Last few years has I been I think rough. that goes up for sure. Yeah. I think that goes up for sure. Yeah, but they, uh, they're going to have to... Uh, Going to have to play elite. Going to have to play elite. That's for sure. All right. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The entire schedule breakdown of the Green Bay Packers. Let's get into it. The entire betting preview for the 2021 season for the Pack. Um, You know, a lot of these lines, we'll talk about the weekly lines here in just a minute, uh, but a lot of the lines are going to be a little bit different. We already noticed that from what we have, the week one and two lines have already flipped or moved up, ticked up. And these lines at the time of publication were set because we didn't really know if Aaron Rodgers was going to be with the Packers or not. So they uh, have kind of ticked up here and there. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some potential spots that we think oh yeah these probably have flipped or stuff like that Mm -hmm. too but before we do that some key 2020 ats over under teaser trends you know how it goes first things first in 2020 the pack was favored by an average of five points not getting as much respect from the books but that again might be because of the question marks around aaron Rodgers. It was at minus uh, 0.4 favorites, uh, their average line in 2021 at the time of publication. If I was a betting man, I'd bet that uh, probably has gone up to about minus 2 or minus 3, somewhere right around in that ballpark. As far as their record goes in 2020, uh, they were 10 and 6 ATS, 13 and 3 straight up. They went 8 and 5 ATS as a favorite and 2 and 1 ATS as an underdog. At home, they were obviously dominant anytime the Packers play at Lambeau Field. It's pretty much a guarantee they're going to cover. 5-3 and three overall, 5-3 and three as a favorite, were never an home underdog in 2020. They were 5-3 and three ATS on the road as well. 3-2 and two ATS as an away favorite and 2-1 and one ATS as an away pooch. So overall, pretty doggone good ATS team. I know that uh, you hammered them in all the time. Of course. I was a blast and a half for you not sure just being an NFL better but also being a Packers fan correct so hopefully uh for your sake that happens again this year and I think it definitely does I think they are cover machines once again and I think that some of these lines are going to be in the perfect spot right. for the Packers to cover as far as game totals they had an average line of 51.1 in 2020 now this line also might have ticked up but at the time of publication had an average of 46.8 I'd imagine that has ticked up probably back to around the 49.50 mark for sure uh they were five and two to the under at home right and then five and two to the over on the road they were eight and seven to the over as a favorite and three and oh to the over as an underdog now that favorite and underdog split that does include playoff games as well just so you guys know also teasers We're all fans of teasers, and the Packers are a team that you need to add into your teasers 
no doubt. In six, seven, and 10 point teasers, respectively, they had a 13 and three, 13 and three, and 14 and two record in 2020. They are definitely a team. The last couple teams we've talked about, eh, maybe stay away. You ain't got to worry about that here with the Packers, especially if you can get them through two, three, maybe even four key numbers. Scoop them up 150%. Mm-hmm. So that does it for some of the 2020 trends, some of the key things uh, you guys should be aware of. Let's uh, keep it rocking and rolling here into 2021. Now, I know that uh, I already said it, but these lines might be just a bit different. Definitely are. Let me run through it uh, just like I do for the schedule, as always, and then uh, we'll pull out a little bit of value. There'll definitely be a lot more betting value to talk about than we did with the Lions yesterday. So strap on in. Um, They come in as two-and-a-half-point favorites or two-point favorites, uh, depending where you look, to the Saints in Week 1. They've already ticked up to uh, minus 10.5-point favorites in Week 2 against Detroit in Lambeau. Time of publication, they were at five-point dogs to San Francisco. Um, Might be pretty accurate. They were in San Francisco. That game is played in San Francisco. I bet it's around three. It might have ticked down a little bit for sure, too. Uh, Pittsburgh, time of publication, minus 2.5 in Week 4. Minus 3 against Cincinnati in Week 5. That's definitely gone up. Uh, minus two and a half in week six against the Bears might have ticked up maybe a point maybe minus three and a half week seven against the football team minus four I'd imagine that's ticked up to minus six Um, Arizona and week eight plus three underdog I would imagine there's no way they're an underdog on that line at this point in time now might be closer to a pick them or even two or three Kansas City seven point dogs in week nine might be right around there might have ticked down to maybe a four and a half somewhere in that ballpark uh, Seahawks in week 10, minus three favorites. So I would I say that maybe right, right there, around yeah. there. Uh, Vikings in week 11, three point dogs. No fucking way. Aaron Rodgers is a three point dog in, or well, that is in Minnesota, but still either way against the Vikings. That's definitely moved. Pick them in week 12 against the Rams in Lambeau. I think that's probably pretty accurate still. Five and a half point favorites against the Bears in Lambeau in week 14. So I think that probably is pretty damn the same right. too. Maybe even minus six and a half at mm-hmm. this point too. Baltimore, five and a half point favorites in week 15 or uh, five and a half point underdogs right. in week 15. That is in Baltimore. I told you, I think that that is one of the games out of the AFC North that the Packers do lose. Then they go back to Lambeau in a pick against the Browns in week 16. And then week 17, they have the uh, Vikings at Lambeau again. They are favored by three points. And then the Packers wrap up their season against Detroit, favored by three and a half points in Detroit. So I think that one probably has ticked up a little bit as well. I have zero uh yeah, zero confidence at all in the Detroit Lions at covering any type of numbers this year. So Ones that jump off the board at me for sure are going to be that Bengals game. It's going to be those Lions games. Uh, I'm going to be a little tentative on those Minnesota games. Definitely the one in Minnesota, but they did run your guys' ass in Green Bay last year. So it's like, who the hell knows? Um, The Bears, I do like, but I'll never bet against my team. You can kiss my ass on that. Um, Kansas City might be worth uh, the spread look. I think the Chiefs do get that win, as I already told you, but might be, be worth that spread. One, yeah. Might be worth that spread look. I definitely think the uh, spread look against Arizona. If there's still dogs on the line, take that money line dog all day long. Are you kidding me? And then ah, 49ers is kind of a toss up to me. I uh, 49ers and Baltimore toss up to me. Those are at the time of publication right at five and five and a half. And uh, those are some toss-up lines. So I think the books are kind of thinking just about the same. Uh, As far as you, partner, anything obviously 
going to be a lot of shit jumping off the page at you, but anything sure. uh, mainly jumping off the page at you? Uh, yeah, I already mentioned it, uh, and we'll mention it in a second, but I like the Packers in week one against the Saints. And sure. then those uh, the only ones that I would be tentative on are the ones that against those NFC West teams where they A, are really good teams, but also have some rest disadvantages. Those are the ones, depending on the line, if they're uh, you know still significant enough underdogs or still close enough against some teams, uh, tight lines against teams that I think they should beat, then yeah, maybe that's a different story. But uh, overall, those might be the ones that I might stay away from. All righty. Well, appreciate your opinion on those two and not getting too uh, cheese heady on the weekly. But at the same lines. time, I'm probably hammering them every single week. Probably. 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 No, 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 no. There's no probably about it. I know in you're some going capacity. To. Yeah, I know yeah. you're going to 100. Uh, but as far as weekly totals go, not a whole lot you can draw. And I'm guessing that these are going to have been moved around plenty with Aaron Rodgers being in the game. Uh, at the time of publication, they had a high of 52 and a half against the Chiefs in in Week Nine, and then a high of 50 and a half against the Saints in Week One. Their low was 42 and a half against the Vikings in Week 17. Everything else is right around that mid 40s tier. If I was a betting man, I'm going to say that this is going to be closer to the 48 to 51 mm-hmm. range uh, with Aaron Rodgers back on the pack. You know, nothing crazy you can draw uh, from their over-under numbers. Obviously, at home, they were a great under team. On the road, they were a great over team. Do we see the same with st- fans back in the stands? I don't know. I, I don't know that you can really draw all too much from it. I think it's going to be, yet again, another team that... It's going to be specific for them and specific for their opponent. Mm-hmm. And when the stars align there, hammer that total either over or under. But for the time being, I'm not uh, I'm not seeing anything jumping off the page of me that is just like, oh, that's way too low right now. Those are uh, kind of kind of especially when injuries roll out, things roll out, that uh, those totals are sometimes more of a week-by-week deal. Yeah, that was one thing that really I caught on to myself last year was that I didn't have too much of a you know knowledge on if this game's definitely going over or under i found myself betting the packers team totals a lot more as the season wore on because you know a lot of times i would be like oh i'm so confident in aaron Rodgers and the offense today and then there was a couple games where that was the case but they you know scored 30 points and absolutely destroyed the other team on defensive side so that's why i kind of stuck with those team totals and now you know with some of these good defenses i might have some games where i'm interested in the under uh, but as is the case with a lot of my favorite teams i don't like betting the under because you know you're in a spot where you need your favorite team to score but it's going to bust your under so that's where i typically stay away from them at Hey, all about that value. Appreciate sure. dishing you out that you dishing that out there, kid. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, before we keep it moving here into the betting preview, way too early. Week one selection. I ain't even got to fucking ask you, but I'm still gonna fucking do it anyway. I already said it. They go into the. Oh yeah, you did already say it twice. <laughs> the Mercedes-Benz Superdome or whatever the hell that place is called now to play the Saints in week one as minus two. Maybe two and a half, maybe by then minus three and a half favorites. Regardless of what the line's at, partner, are you hammering in the pack? Or are you fading them and taking the Saints? I'm hammering it in. And as I just mentioned, I am, uh, you know, might be interested in this total, uh, contrary to what I just said. <laughs> but part of that is because last year they came into, it was in Minnesota and put up over 40 points in week one last year. Um, not sure if we see that again with fans here in the Ruckus Superdome, but, uh, you know, I will be hammering the Packers spread. And, uh, you know, I might be hammering in some point totals as well on that week one game. What a shocker. Yeah. Can't believe it. Uh, however, I'm on the same side as you. I think the Packers are going to be incredibly valuable once again against the number this year. Any spot that you can find to hammer them in, hammer them in, my friends, because I think they are going to be once again a money machine. 10 and 6 last two years, ATS. 
There you go. There you go. Keep it moving. Keep it grooving. Win total. Said it just a little while ago in the schedule breakdown that the Packers season win total is currently set at 10 or 10 and a half wins, depending on where you might find it. Now, the interesting thing, my friends, is that we've been talking a lot about at the time of publication for some of the things that we utilize for this show. And at the time of publication, the Packers season win total was at 10 and a half. And now Aaron Rodgers was slated to potentially, it was almost 75, 80%. He wasn't going to be a Packer at that point. We looked this morning, and the Packers season win total is now at 10 total wins with Aaron Rodgers on the pack. Surprising that it has lost the hook, and surprising that it is actually this close. Minus 125 for the over, plus 105 for the under. Um, obviously... That might tick back up with that line right there. You might get that hook again. But it's very surprising that you lost the hook after we got the Aaron Rodgers news. It is fair. That's just handicapping perspective. Now, for me, you already heard me. I got 12 wins, no problem. And that's me being bearish in a lot of categories for the Packers. I got to take the over at minus 125. Now, I think even if it ticks up a little bit, we'll talk about the alternate value. I think it's worth a play as well. I definitely think that this this total set too low, but yeah. I could be crazy. I don't know. What do you think about it? Yeah, you know, it might seem a little trappy. I still have seen a lot of people that maybe it's because they were on it so hard thinking that Rodgers was going to be gone. I've still seen a lot of people thinking that Aaron Rodgers is going to be bad because of everything that's happened and they're taking the under. So, I, you know, it's hard to read. It really is. But, I mean, you know me, man. I'm going over and I'm taking some alternate value as I have done the last couple of years and it has paid off. So... Safety-wise, I might stick with the 11.5 and still get it at a nice plus 160 price, but, uh, you know, I'm probably going to be tempted into that over 12.5 at plus 290. But, uh, you know, for safety concerns, I will stick with the 11.5 and get some nice plus money on it. Getting a little bit of chalk if you go down and you think they get right to 10 wins. Uh, That is at minus 160 right now. You also mentioned uh, going over there. Appreciate you on the uh, assist there, partner. And then the under if you're completely bearish on the pack, you think this is the year of regression. Well, um, my friend, it very well could be because uh, the under nine is a, and a half is at plus 120 and the under eight and a half is at plus 230. So if you're thinking it's a fade year for the pack, which I as a Bears fan do not, maybe play the under nine and a half or under eight and a half, but I wouldn't go any lower than that. The books are in agreement with us as to the outlook of the Packers 2021 season. Right now, to make the playoffs, the Packers are minus 270, so a $270 bet will win you $100. And then to miss the playoffs at plus 215 right now. I highly, highly, highly doubt that happens, and I would suggest you stay away from that. Way too much chalk to eat just in case some nonsense happens, Right, but I doubt it. As far as division, conference, and Super Bowl 56 this year, uh, the Packers are definitely in contention, and uh, they definitely have some value as far as these plays go. Packers are number one to win the NFC North, and as much as I hate to say it, man, we've said it time and time again, when these lines are like this, uh, as far as uh, like a winner of a future bet or something, it's too fucking easy. It's, It's too easy, and they don't end up winning it, and... 
I don't want to say that for the pack. I don't want to put that juju on them because I think the North is all but theirs to lose. But doggone, I mean, at minus 145 odds for a future bet, that just seems too damn good for something that might pay out in about 19 weeks, 20 weeks. Right. And I think it's, uh, I, I, it gives me more confidence actually, because I feel like kind of what you're saying, not a lot of people are going to be hammering a minus 145 future bet. Right. Uh, and that might flock people to some of these other teams in the North just to pour some money on it. So I, it gives me a lot of confidence that that's the number that we're seeing here because, uh, you know, while some people still might hammer that in, you know, I'm I'm not trying to sweat out a minus 145 bet. I feel like minus 125, like that over 10, would be the only type of minus number that I would go up to as far as a future bet as as that caliber. Because what what did you say it was? Like six months that we would have to wait? Four or five oh, months? Man, yeah, four or five months. Now, we got a month till the season starts right. and then 20 week, 18 yeah, weeks yeah, from yeah, there. Yeah. So, so, I mean, for crying out loud, it would be forever and a day before that for those odds. So leave that alone. If you are with my partner, you think they're going to win the NFC. Uh, maybe you're with me. You think the Rams. I don't know. Either way, the Packers do have some value to uh, win the NFC Championship this year. Plus 550. They are the second place team right now. So definitely some value worth a look if you think the Packers are going to be making a run deep again this year. They just might get the NFC Championship victory this year. Um no, I'm not going to go there. That was a subtle jab. Uh, <laughs> they just might actually get the NFC Championship win this year. And uh, the books think so, too. They're tied for third right now with the Chiefs. and or, uh, They are actually behind the Chiefs and Bucks and tied with the Bills at plus 1,200 odds to win Super Bowl 56. I think it's worth a look, I think, potentially. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily know. I think that this could be a year that a team that no one is even questioning right now comes out of nowhere and makes it to the Super Bowl. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Neither here nor there. But now you know some value and some of the odds. Future plays for the Packers postseason. But we're good degenerates at mm -hmm. the Talking the Line mm -hmm. podcast. We love props. We love side plays. We love futures that might take 20 weeks to pay out. Yes, sir. We don't give a damn. They got some big but odds. they got to have some juice. Well, we dug deep, and ladies and gentlemen, we have six additional side bets that we have found for the Packers this year that just might have some value. If you didn't read my blog yesterday, I wrote about Aaron Rodgers being the repeat MVP. I think it would just be the perfect cherry on top of the cake that has been this entire offseason. He gets the MVP again and then rides off into the sunset with his next team and finishes his career. It's kind of how I envision it happening in my mind, but uh, he's only second behind Mahomes right now, plus 1,000, and I think that is plenty fine odds to buy in for uh, repeat MVP here for QB 12. Yeah, I like it, man. I'm, uh, you know, the biggest worry for me is that Mahomes could have a 50 touchdown season. Rodgers could duplicate his season from last year. Uh, so the biggest worry for me would still be Mr. Mahomes over there going way, way off and stealing that uh, MVP away from him. So, yeah, I mean, uh, hey, man, I'm way too biased. So take it for what it's worth, <laughs> but I'll probably hammer it in. There you go. Because I won some money on it last year. There you go. Well, if uh, Rodgers is going to win the MVP, he's going to need somebody to help him get there. Sure is. And the aforementioned, in our opinion, best wide receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, to win Offensive Player of the Year 16-1 to right now. So it's kind of rare that an MVP and an Offensive Player of the Year would be on the same team, but you never know. There's always a first for everything. So... 16 to 1 odds, definitely worth a look with how great Devontae's been playing. Yeah, I don't hate it. I like a different one that we're about to talk about a little bit more, but I mean, 
He did put up some ridiculous numbers over 14 games. If he stays healthy for all 16, 17 games, he's going to be in that conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Another one that has some value, Aaron Rodgers for most passing touchdowns. Might be a little more tentative on this one because I do think we see another big season from Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and a couple other guys that could be in the running, maybe Josh Allen. Uh, But Rodgers is at plus 850 right now, so 8.5 to 1, not terrible odds there. Obviously, once again, if he's going to do that, he's going to need somebody to hawk a shitload of those touchdowns, and uh, Devontae Adams to do so, lead the league in receiving touchdowns in 2021, is also at plus 850. Both of those guys led the league in those respective categories last year. So a little repeat on tap? We think so. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if we'll be hammering in Rodgers' touchdowns just because, like you said, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, I could see those guys getting upwards of 45. Also, I will most definitely be hammering into Fonday Adams' most touchdowns, uh, receiving touchdowns. He had 18 over 14 weeks, man. If he plays the full 16, 17, like I said, I think he repeats that and goes over 15 touchdowns once again. So at 850, I love that one. I'm absolutely hammering that one in. DraftKings had a bet last year that I hope they have again this year for Devontae Adams' first touchdown scorer. But they also had the side prop that if he scored any time in the game but did not score the first touchdown, you would get your money back. Yep. Almost every time he scored the first fucking time and then maybe you had one week sprinkled in here or there where you got your money back. Hope they have that there again because Devontae Adams is going to have an electric 2021. It was a lot of the primetime games, so it wasn't every single Packers game. But I mean, even if you bet Devontae Adams first touchdown without that caveat, you still were. It was at one point up like 20 units at one point on the season, if not more. Top-notch, top-notch play for sure. And then um, a couple other final ones here. Most receiving touchdowns, Aaron Jones at six. Or rushing touchdowns, I apologize, uh, at 16-1. to Uh, I was going to get there and correct myself at some point in time. Uh, Aaron Jones at 16-1. to I do believe that he has a very solid opportunity to get this. Uh, I think that he is going to go well north of 300 touches this year for the first time in his career. And in my opinion... A lot of that is going to be work in the goal line. A lot of it is going to be 15 yards and in, and a lot of it is going to be passing game work too. And I think that he has a sky-high ceiling to score 25, 26 touchdowns, man. I'm talking talking he might even battle with LaShawn McCoy for the all-time leader. Wow. That is lofty. I yeah. that's not wow. That is very optimistic. Or maybe it's Ladanian Tomlinson. I uh, Tomlinson. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah, Tomlinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as actual <laughs> rushing touchdowns, yeah. Lashawn McCoy was in a franchise season of Madden. I played. Oh, oh yeah, fuck. yeah. That's where you put up those numbers. <laughs> but uh, I'll stay away from this one. I love to hear what you're saying, but uh, I just think they've gone to uh, you know having Devontae Adams being that just weapon immaculate weapon in the red zone that sure. uh, I think we're going to see some more. But two years ago, Aaron Jones was putting up numbers that you would feel good about hammering in this bet. And he's going to have to, like you said, he had a lot of touchdowns where he scored from like the eight to 12 yard line. Uh, and then where he didn't do that quite as much, he would get tackled at the three, four yard line. And then that's where we saw those quick routes to Devonte Adams, where he racked up those touchdowns. So if Aaron Jones can get yep. back to wrecking up those, uh, you know, 10 yard touchdowns, then absolutely. I could see it happening. Uh, I think we see pot of- positive regression in that department and this has uh, definitely some value to me worth a little sprinkle and then last but certainly not least the best regular season record right now for the Packers is at 10 to 1 odds behind the Chiefs and the Bucks only I don't know 
We'll see. I just don't know we'll if the see. value is I, there. I just don't know that the value is there either. So that's going to be one that I uh, just wanted to mention, but sure. uh, you might want to just kind of be a little easy on that one. You might not want to sprinkle any there at all. So that does it. Let's wrap it up quickly here with the fourth and final segment. That was the entire betting preview for the Green Bay Packers. Let's wrap it up with our best fantasy advice in the segment that we call Start, stash, or pass. All right, quickly through it. Here we go. First things first, the Green Bay Packers quarterback room. Now, in my mind, Aaron Rodgers, once again, QB1, no question. I think he finishes well within the top 10, if not top 5 of fantasy quarterbacks this year. I will 100% be targeting him. Now, do I think I can get him on my team? I highly doubt it. He is going to be targeted like crazy, especially from a fantasy perspective. Now, you might see a little bit of regression in his rushing production. It has declined year over year over year for the last four years, I do believe. So I think we continue to see regression there. But I will definitely get him, and I will 100, 150% start him as my QB1 if I get the hands on him. And passing all together on Jordan Love, still has not touched the field in an NFL regular season game. He's going to touch the field here soon for the first time, but... Uh, not worth a fantasy spot for me right. at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of right where you are, my man. I actually, uh, given the fantasy season that Rodgers had in 2019, where he was kind of a you know around 10th or 15th quarterback, I actually don't remember. Uh, he actually fell to me. Like I've been saying, not uh, some of these top five quarterbacks don't typically go into my draft strategy. He did last year, and I was you know obviously over the moon excited. Don't think that's going to happen again this year. Uh, as you mentioned, as far as fantasy points, I think we see some regression because it was just so ridiculous last year. Uh, I do think he stays in that top 10, if not even top five. But uh, once again, I will absolutely start him. If I can get my hands on him, probably won't get my hands on him in those late rounds. Though. Well, thank you, sir. Running back room, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. All righty. Both guys I am targeting in my draft, no question about it. So we'll stay away from the past side of things. Now, as far as starter stash, uh, Aaron Jones, I think, is borderlining that RB1 production. Mm -hmm. Are we going to finally see that solid, okay, I can keep him in my RB1 spot, no question. RB2, no doubt in my mind, guaranteed. If that's where you get him, beautiful, perfect. You just got yourself a steal and a half. A.J. Dillon, I'll stash for the time being. I'm not sure exactly how he's going to fill in for Jamal Williams. I assume that he'll have that exact same role. I hope he doesn't hawk a lot of the receiving back duties from Aaron Jones, but we already talked about it. Aaron Jones' receiver duties have upticked. They are starting to look really good, so especially in PPR, definitely worth a start. So stash AJ, AJ Dillon per me for now, but 150% put Aaron Jones uh, right now for me in the RB2 category with the potential to break out in 2021 to a firm RB1. Yeah, we. I am very close to here. Uh, Aaron Jones, I'll definitely be starting. He was number five running back the, uh, last year. I can see him being right in that same range again. Uh, so I will absolutely be starting him. And PPR, I feel like he he could even be top three because of the receiving duties that he's going to uh, you know have coming his way without Jamal Williams. AJ Dillon, I'll absolutely absolutely stash whether it's handicuff hand, handicuff handcuff. handcuff. Um, or, you know, even just you know, your regular old handy cuff. cuff, but, uh, yeah, I'll stash him. If it's not PPR, I like him a little bit more because his receiving uh, abilities are still in the works. So non PPR, I will, I'm not saying to start him, but definitely stash him. And then even, even PPR stash him. And if anything, I don't want to put it out on the world, but if anything happens to Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon is going to get a lot of work because the depth behind AJ Dillon isn't quite there. 
and he's going to be the workhorse and going to be seeing a lot of in-between-the-tackles runs. So yeah, absolutely stashing A.J. Dillon. If it's Dynasty, I'm absolutely, obviously they just extended Aaron Jones, but uh, even still, I would love to have A.J. Dillon in any type of uh, any type of roster here. On the same page yet again is the TTL crew. How about the wide receiver room? My mind, if you can get your hands on Devontae Adams as one of your first picks overall, your first or second pick, you do it. If he's sitting there, you do not pass him up and you start him as your wide receiver one week in and week out until they have a bye week in week 13. Now, that being said, I'm passing on all the rest of these sons of guns. From a fantasy perspective, for your benefit, I hope that we see improvement from this uh, wide receiver unit. But from a fantasy perspective, I do not believe that we see it this year. Uh, none of these guys have really cracked anything into the top 20 outside of Devontae, I do believe. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe put a red flag on Amari Rodgers after maybe a potential stash play if he is everything uh, that he looks like he's going to be coming out of Clemson. He obviously has another elite quarterback tossing him the ball so if he gets some of the work over randall cobb i don't know maybe worth a stash there but i'm gonna pass on randall i'm gonna pass on mvs lazard the whole slew of them guys and i'm mainly gonna target uh adams now if i can need or need to fill a roster spot maybe one of these guys yeah Maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo most of your statements here. I would absolutely take Devontae Adams in the first round. He is going to be unbelievable once again. Uh, and I basically echo the statements that you just said. MVS was the number 55 wide receiver in fantasy last year. I think that does go up. Um, but, you know, kind of like what I was saying, a lot of his impact is it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And while he is going to, like he did last year, have at least a couple games where he's getting you 20 points because he had a 80-yard, 50-yard touchdown catch, and he might have a few more of those games if he limits those drops. Mm. There's going to be games where he's getting you 0 to 5 points, and that's not uh, not something I like out of a fantasy receiver. Even if, uh, you know, you have that ceiling really high, anyone that's got a floor where he, uh, you know, half the season is going to be going under five points i got no interest in so desperation wise i might pick him up if nobody else is on the waiver wire as i kind of did last year but as far as actually plugging in my lineup no thanks yeah the only uh sounds like we're once again on the same page here and the only guy again that i would say target outside of Devonte adams with a potential watch list flag or a late late round stick in the back door there um that would be amari rogers yep. so i think he has a little bit of value there fantasy yeah, for sure keep it moving keep it grooving wrap it up here quickly the tight end Bob Tanyan um I will pass on him in a draft but if he is around hanging around moseying around in the uh, waiver wire somewhere I'll stash him for now I'll 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 check him out I'll stash him I don't know that we're gonna see what uh tight end one production for him I I think there might be a few other names that you could get a hold of before him and I think that he honestly might get drafted a little bit too high with his production from last year so I'm gonna pass on him in drafts let everybody salivate over him because of how dominant he was in his first year I don't know about you partner but uh, that's kind of where my thoughts lie yeah I believe this is his third year but regardless oh, uh last year was his first year where he was a big impactor though yeah. but he was a number four tight end so I very much echo your statement that he's going to get overdrafted because I do think as I was saying earlier in the show I think his catches and yardage go up a little bit here but he had 11 touchdowns uh for a guy that uh you know his stat count you it's it like I was saying earlier it's kind of an anomaly so I've 
if he puts up double digit tight end numbers, that would be unbelievable. Uh, but I don't see it happening. I think we see some regression there. He's going to be five, six touchdown range this year. So I, you know, I think he's going to be overdrafted. If I can get my hands on him, I will start him because uh, he's still kind of in that range, as I've been mentioning. There's that cream of the crop tier, uh, and then there's a big drop-off. So I think that he's going to be in, you know, with amongst that mix of being trying to be top 10 tight end, but, you know, there's still just not that much to, uh, value there to draft him amongst those cream of the crop guys. So I'll start him if I get my hands on him. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, um, kind of going back to what you said there at the beginning, kind of seems to be how that is for tight ends in the NFL. Use about year three or year four, they finally are able to make an impact on the team that they're on. Right. It's just like the first one or two years, tight ends just don't have that impact. So maybe something to think about with hey. number one overall pick Kyle Pitts. I don't know. Who yeah, maybe. I? But I mean, he does get, uh, he does do a lot of offseason work with some of the best tight ends in the league. So hopefully that can rub off on him. But, you know, and I think this is a biased thing, but I have been seeing really, really good things from Jay Sternberger in Packers training camp. Uh, you know, he had some sprinkles where they put him into the game last year. And, you know, if you're a Tanyan owner in fantasy, you might be, uh, you know, at least once or twice a game really upset that Jay Sternberger's in on the co-line set as opposed to Bob Tanyan. So I think we could see that again. And maybe uh, I'm not saying to start or even look at Jay Sternberger, but that he might be, uh, you know, kind of a tight end vulture this year a little bit in some cases and really drive that tight touchdown number for Tanyan down. There you go. A little uh, inside information from the resident cheesehead himself. Unless it's all one of those right. things where they're trying to talk him up to uh, bring his trade value up. That's sure. also possible. <laughs> last but certainly not least well two things uh left here kicker mason crosby kickers are people too uh mason crosby's always been solid year over year over year um you need a kicker at some point in time crosby's still hanging around definitely mm -hmm. worth that uh roster spot and then the defense in my mind um targetable in the draft definitely later on i think they could see some production but i think there's just a few too many games that offenses are going to have some success against them maybe not blow them up but i think that they'll give up 21 28 points and that's that's not good for anybody from a fantasy perspective no. so i'll I'll pass on the Green Bay Packers defense if i'm shit out of luck at the point in time i need a defense or i didn't get one all together I'd say this is a good one, a good option to be in a spot like sure. that. But outside of that, I'm not targeting. Yeah, surprisingly, they were actually the number ten defense. Now I don't know if we see similar things there, um, but I I'm kind of where you are. I might stash them. Uh, you know, if it's a waiver wire pickup and I need them, I'll take them. But uh, you know, I'm I'm a little skeptical as far as their fantasy value is concerned. Mason Crosby was right around fifteenth, seventeenth, I think, uh, kicker last year. So as much as I, you know, think he still has some value, uh, contrary to what happened in the NFC Championship game, the Packers are actually one of the more aggressive fourth down teams, especially once they get across the 50-yard line. So when they're in those uh, fourth and five or less uh, around the 30-yard line where a lot of teams would tend to tick, kick a field goal, they typically, <laughs> typically go for it. So I, you know, I don't know how much value he's got as a fantasy kicker, though. I appreciate you. And I was listening to everything you were saying about Mason Crosby and maybe not a whole lot of value as a fantasy kicker. I, I promise you I was, but I had to laugh because I wanted to check to see if there was any any updates, any NFL things I could dish out here. And, uh, well, there is. Um, Elijah Moore for the Jets could be potentially injured. Um, he's going to be evaluated, whatever. But first update I see is an ESPN update. Not NFL related. Okay. Cubs placed Jake Arrieta on unconditional release waivers. 5-11 oh. and 11 with a oh 6.88 ERA this season. Arrieta gave up seven earned runs in the first fucking inning yesterday. Um, 
Looks yeah, like we, old we, Willie Contreras we, is on the 10 day as well. Fucking shit. We needed to put Jake on unconditional release waivers two and a half months ago. Yeah. I, I don't know why that took so long, but kind of funny. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Uh, there you go. There you have it. Mine and Mag's opinions and fantasy advice for the Green Bay Packers. That's segment one, two, three, and four. We got nothing left. So that's everything Green Bay Packers, ladies and gentlemen. The entire season preview, their entire lineups, coaching staff, schedule, betting preview, and fantasy advice. All now completed. Previously on episode 101. 101. All right, my friends. Well, there you go. There you have it. Uh, just literally, hey, 11.30, literally right at a hour and a half show. Hey, so that is perfect timing. Um, we'll have a little, just a quick little banner here and I'll send you guys about your way with, uh, motivation minutes. Just got a quick one for you here today. But before we do that partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that your smirking ass has been dying to get out (laughs) to the fans that have joined us on episode number 101 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 12th, 2021. All right. Well, uh, so far on these preview shows, I've been doing some team-centric, uh, you know, record updates. So, what did you expect today? Mm. Yesterday, yesterday was the 102nd anniversary of this wonderful franchise, but, which you uh, could barely talk about at the time of recording yesterday. Could <laughs> <laughs> again today. Could barely get oh, out gosh. words at that. I don't point even want to think about yesterday. He was in a brief, gross, a brief sugar, sugar coma. coma. I was surprised he even made it homeward. Seriously, but, uh, dude. Carry on, my friend. But uh, so, Mr. Aaron Rodgers is 11th all-time in passing yards. He's going to pass Elway, John Elway, for that 10th place spot within the first couple of games, uh, and then he could, uh, you know, if he's got a big season, getting into the next range there. But 7th all-time passing touchdowns with 412 will absolutely pass uh, Dan Marino, and I guess unless Phil Rivers comes back into town, even if he does, I believe he's going to pass him up because it's not too far off. Uh, and then after that, he's got a long way to go to catch Brett Favre, who's got 508. So he should be in the top five after this uh, first few weeks is concerned, actually. And then actually, Mr. Devontae Adams, fourth all-time Packers touchdowns. He should get to number two this season. He's actually 77th all-time receiving touchdowns with 62. If he has the exact number that he had last year, which is 18, obviously that's a very big number, but he did it over 14 games, so 17 games, who knows. If he puts that up, that'll put him at number 30 all-time, which uh, seems pretty wild, man, number 30. If he does this, if he does uh, 18 or so, two or three more crazy seasons like this, it could actually put him in the Hall of Fame, put him around 10th all-time as far as touchdowns are concerned, Doggone. which I think he could get up to, into that range, whether it's in the next couple or three years or five, six, if he's still playing at a high level. So when it's all said and done, uh, those gold Madden 99 shoes could turn into a gold jacket for the man Devonte adams he is the man dude i got i i, I love him so much all right dude. take no, a breath i'm take I'm, a I'm breath great. take I'm a great. breath all right goodness gracious you about you about couldn't get the words out of your mouth fast enough there sorry the table's raising <laughs> once again over here dude um hey <laughs> i i didn't know that uh tay was that high on the packers all-time list that's cool fourth overall 77th uh, across the nfl so tight there your man rose obviously getting pretty doggone close past marino i don't think Think we're gonna have to worry about old Philly Riv. He seems to be pretty locked down and coaching high school football. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. He uh, like rumored it, and it's like, all right, well, you know, you got ten kids there, pal. It turns out it's a little tougher than you might have expected there, huh? Yeah, maybe you can't do that on a high school coaching salary. What do you know? Sheesh. Hmm. Either way, you heard it here first. 
Got some Hall of Famers in the making in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. I can't wait, man. Oh, I I, I know this. I can't wait. I know this. For and this I'm sure and they, the rest of the NFL, I'm sure they man. Know I can't this. wait. Yeah, it's uh, it's quick, fast, right around the corner. And you can actually keep up every single day or maybe uh, miss a day and then come on back around the corner. We have a countdown timer for the best time of the year, that being the NFL season, live on the front homepage of our website. So be sure to stop by, check that bad boy out, and uh, never not know when the NFL season is going to start again. It is set for exactly September 9th at 7 20 p.m. The entire website will explode through your screen upon kickoff of the NFL oh, season. I haven't figured out how to quite do that yet, but I'll f- <laughs> I'll get the I'll get the kinks worked. Just out. have it up for the next uh, you know 27 days or so. Sure, it is 28 days. Sure, there just don't go. take it off your screen. There you go. Uh, that all being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your sidebar, Mr. Max. Of course. Uh, fourth time. You have officially seen it. Colts agenda stack. Here it is. Here it goes. There it is. Uh, once again, you can submit your guesses to how many sheets of paper you think is in this bad boy for the grand prize of a set of Moneyline dice, a Rogue Energy starter set in your choice of color of shaker bottle, and a $50 Amazon gift card. If you can guess the correct number or closest to the correct number without going over put those guesses in the comment section on youtube of episode number 100 it is the century celebration and detroit lions special edition put your guesses in that comment section that will stay open the contest will stay open through the end of tomorrow's show as soon as that is over if you have not put a guess in you ain't going to be counted. So put your guess in there. We'll check them out. We'll take a look through. We'll count the stack. I haven't even actually counted the stack yet. I've just thumbed through it a few times here. <laughs> so I'll have to count it. I don't really know if people have been close yet or not. But if I was a betting man, I'd say they're pretty doggone close. So one more time, Colts Agenda Stack giveaway. Put your guesses. Comment section episode number 100 with your Twitter handle. And when we find the winner, winner after tomorrow's show, We'll reach out to you on Twitter via DM, tell you one. We'll get your selection for Shaker Bottle. We'll get your email and everything so we can send you your Amazon gift card. All that good stuff. So, hey, we want to get back to you guys. I mean, it seems to me like people don't like free fucking shit. I, I, hey, what the fuck ever, man. You guys don't like free shit? Cool cool with me. I, I, we, don't, we don't have to give out free shit, but, uh, hey, figured we would because we love you guys. We appreciate your support. So, uh, there you go. Go put your guesses in episode number 100 comment section. With your Twitter handle. All right. All that being said, ladies and gentlemen, everything looks to be in good working order here. A couple quick reminders for you guys. Uh, if you haven't been around to get them before I dish out my motivation minutes, get us all out of here. Um, August 19th episode is going to be a double NFL special edition. We're going to have the Raiders and Chargers together. Then the 27th of August is going to be another double NFL special edition doing both New York teams together, Giants and Jets. Then on the 3rd of September, we will skip an NFL special edition and do a college football special edition. So we'll be uh, kind of back to business as usual. We'll uh, dish out college football, best bets, all of that stuff. We'll probably put together maybe a teaser, even though you shouldn't tease college 
football, maybe a special play. We'll see what happens on that Friday. And then we'll uh, resume that following Monday, and then that Wednesday, September the 8th, is going to be the last NFL special edition of the TTL pod. That will be the Washington football team. And then it'll be back to business as usual on September the 9th. That Thursday, first NFL football game. College football will be in full swing. We'll have some MLB playoffs going as well. It will be the best betting time of the year. And we'll be back in action, covering it every single day. We'll also have maybe some fantasy DFS. Jury still out. TBD on Tuesdays and Thursday or Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Obviously, those are the dead time during the NFL season. Jury still out, but we'll be sure to tell you guys there as well. And outside of that, make sure you uh, check out the link tree in this episode's description. Make sure you visit our website, all of our social platforms. Check out our additional content. We blog as well. We got some good stuff. Uh, I put out my NFL. Uh, future bets yesterday via blog. Mags did his uh, Cy Young AL and NL winners and some of his predictions and look ahead here where we're at in the season uh, a few days back. So make sure you check those out. We're always consistently popping out, uh, pumping out newer, bigger, better, latest, greatest content. So we got all types of stuff all over the place and we got some more stuff coming very soon. Very soon. Some right partnerships and some shows that we are both beyond excited for. So make sure you keep sticking around. The TTL crew is about to, or TTL Sports Media is about to change once again, as you know it, as you always know. We just evolve and grow and move and shake, and that's what we do over here. So, all that being said, you got all the reminders. You know where to go. You know what to do. Let me get y'all out of today's show on about your Thursdays with a little motivation, a little inspiration. Time for my motivation minutes now this one's gonna be a quick one this is one that uh i speak a lot on i speak a lot on adversity and and going through your process but i and i'm and if you've been around before you'll hear some of the same things maybe that i've said but i wanted to share a few new things and just some things for you to think about as you as you go into your thursday and then into the weekend here and if you read the description uh, everything kind of centers around not uh, fighting your process, not shying away from that adversity, if you will, tackling it head on. And the main message that I wanted to give to you guys today is, is that if you're looking to be successful in life, and you know my definition of success, and it should be yours too, that's being happy, centered, and fulfilled, not wanting to attain riches and belongings and this that and the other but rather spiritual riches and mentality and the power to utilize your brain to bring anything into your life that you want that is what i'm talking about and the sooner that you realize that you can attain that success by just stopping fighting your process the sooner all that success comes into your life. What do I mean by fighting the process? Well, think about it. When we face adversity, what's the first thing that we all, all want to say? Why me? Why me? Why the fuck does this have to be happening to me? I have been busting my ass day in and day out, and I got another thing on top of my plate. Is this really how it's going to go? How many times have you seen that person in the mirror before? It's very easy. 
It's incredibly easy to have adversity, trial, tribulation piled on top of each other in front of you and you somehow have to figure out how to take a bite out of them one at a time. It's incredibly easy to throw your hands up and say, why me? The hard decision to make, but the decision that is going to get you to that next level of your life and help you attain that success is saying, send me. I don't care what this adversity is. I don't care what this tribulation is. I don't care what this trial is, but it's going to make me a better version of me. Here I am. Send me. I'm not afraid. Send me. Everybody else wants to wait for when that door's knocking. They all want to look around. Anybody going to get that? Anybody, anybody going to answer that? I, 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 I don't know if I could. I, Maybe I, maybe I have the ability to. I, I don't know. Anybody going to get that? Be the one in the room that stands up and say, ah, I'll go over there and get that. I got no problem. Use that metaphor every area in your life. The sooner you do, the sooner you are going to overcome all of the adversities and trials that you face. And the one final thing that I wanted to remind you guys is that I know I've said it a million times, but Adversities are only in your life to help you learn and grow and unlock an entirely new version of yourself. And when you start saying, send me, allow me to figure out why these adversities are in my life. Allow me to react and attack and figure out how I can become a better version of myself because of this adversity, because it's in my life for a reason. When you start saying, send me, instead of why me, why are these things happening? everything starts to come full circle and you start to see your path much more clear and the reasons why you're here and you start to have those serendipity moments, those continuity moments where, oh, that's why I had to go through that. So stop fighting those things because they're there to get you to the next level of your life. And the final thing I want to remind you guys here today this life ain't com about complaining. It's about maintaining. And if you're a Mac Miller fan, you know where that comes from, but it rings so true. Stop worrying about everything you don't have, all the negative things that might be in your path, because really they're positive things. Really they're there to help you learn and grow. You just have the wrong mindset, wrong perspective on them. All you need is a little fine-tuning. That's what I hope to be able to provide to you and realize that all these things you're facing are just there to help you become the next version of yourself. And if you just worry about maintaining, worry about be being the best version of you every single day, there is no way that success will not come into your life. I promise. I promise. It may take a while. It may be painful. It may not be enjoyable in some spots. But when you choose to say, send me, you don't have to worry about whether or not success is going to come into your life. Because at that point, it only becomes inevitable. And that does it for my motivation minutes today. I love it, my man. And uh, yeah, all of what you're saying, I can add, like the more you keep that attitude, the more there's the possibility of doors opening for you. And then as you said, you just got to walk through it, man. 
Just gotta walk through those doors, baby. Or answer and the door, whatever answer the, the metaphor door. you yeah, wanna use. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, always kind of been one of my favorite uh, metaphors. I'm sure you've heard it somewhere else, but uh, when when there's a knock at the door, don't be the one that sits around and asks, is uh, somebody gonna get that? Mm -hmm. Don't be that guy. Be the one to go and get after it and uh, watch the blessings and opportunities flow into your, into your path. And uh, those opportunities might appear like obstacles, but if you just change your perspective just a little bit to this mentality here you'll see that they were opportunities all along so there you go ladies and gentlemen that officially puts a cherry on top of my motivation minutes let's put some whipped cream and a big old bing cherry on top of the proverbial sunday that is the talking the line podcast episode number 100 what do you say those words don't hurt me as much as they did yesterday okay good, good to hear good to hear <laughs> I, when you said sunday yesterday any just anything with sugar in it just oh no oh no <laughs> yeah you, you were definitely not in good shape post-production uh, no, any not, any form of the word great to see you back in full health here today and uh ready to rock and roll we got some meetings to attend we got some stuff to take care of we got big things coming right around the corner uh but for now my friends that's uh it for episode number 101 make sure you come back around the bend for tomorrow's show episode number 102 might get a little interesting houston texans tomorrow so who knows what's happening down there but we'll be sure to cover it all their full lineup their coaching staff betting preview and fantasy advice all from the TTL crew. For now, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Green Bay Packers fans, fantasy football fans, fans of the NFL Shield, NFL betters, everybody in between that I might have left out far and wide. From myself and Mags, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Thursday, unless you have other plans. Make sure to check out our best bets of the day on the Action app, the TalkingTheLine.com website, and soon to be one more area. That way you can say this with us, as always, at the end of every show. Let's cash some tickets. <laughs>